I'm Stephen Hunt. Welcome to the Active Performance Podcast, a podcast that gives top global managers and their teams the confidence and power of clarity to grow their international business in innovative ways. This week, the motivation to move forward. Let's look at how you motivate people to stick to their change plans, meet their milestones and reach their goals. I heard an awful story recently from a senior sales manager. His global sales function had gone through repeated rounds of change. They'd done three in the last two years. He was tired and so were his people. In that time, there was a restructuring. The company had introduced new SAP functions and they'd gone through the introduction of a new CRM system. That's an awful lot of change to swallow and digest in just two years. Through it all, the sales targets were going up, although the market growth for their products was flat. The final straw for the sales manager had been a meeting of the top 100 sales managers. At this big meeting, the global VP of sales did the classic. He read out the names of five sales managers and asked them to stand up. He then publicly criticised them for their sales performance in, let's face it, a truly pathetic attempt to motivate everyone. That naming and shaming might work in places like North Korea. It doesn't really work anywhere else in the Northern Hemisphere. Humiliation and embarrassment rarely motivates managers. This story gets better. The senior sales manager said about six weeks later, the global VP of sales could see that his theatrical performance was making no difference. So he started bombarding his managers with motivational messages and more online training. It was completely wasted and it made no difference. (laughs) And the climax came with his daily vlog or video blog, which he put on the internet and the sales managers ignored. We've all seen companies and global business units using a similar approach. Executives want people to change and they dress it up with these classic tricks. We've seen them. It's that big high energy kickoff event, internal marketing brochures, using a CEO blog on the intranet or the classic pressing of the big red button to start or reset relationships. But these tactics don't work because the changes do not get implemented They're late and they're over budget. These classic tricks lead to failure in change. And there's a simple reason. They are flash in the pan tactics. It's a short lived increase in motivation which quickly disappears and evaporates when the reality sets in. One of the problems, as any global manager knows, is that my logic is not your logic, particularly when you're moving across countries. So, what appears sensible change for customers in one location or in one business unit may appear totally crazy for customers in a different country. I think a second problem is executive mindset. Change plans are often formulated by a small group of senior people and anybody who doesn't go along with those plans is simply resisting change. And right there is the problem, this concept of change resistance. Change resistance is a misnomer. Let's take for a moment a trip into the world of psychology and psychiatry. Ask a psychologist or a psychiatrist, how do you get people to change? How do you get people to develop positive habits? And they'll tell you it's far more complex than just putting together a change management plan or setting goals and milestones. 
or launching an information campaign through the internal communications department. What a psychologist will tell you is that in change, we're trying to push the limits of what's possible. For an organization, that means breaking through its own boundaries. But the breakthrough is not done by the organization. The breakthrough is done by individuals in the organization. There's a lovely saying, which is, individuals change, and when enough individuals change, the organization changes. So this concept of people resisting change doesn't really exist. Instead, people need the energy to change. A tired person will nearly always block or manipulate any change initiative you're trying to implement. So in the example we had at the start, three rounds of major change is a lot to work through in two years. If we push too much undirected, undigested change onto people, they will do everything they can to keep those boundaries in place. And they don't hold on to those boundaries because they think that staying the same is the best option. Tired people hold on to boundaries because they can't find the energy to deal with what is new and what is unfamiliar. So what we're saying here is don't think of change and resistance to change. Think of change and having enough energy to explore the new changes. So the best executives create a safe space for people. And that is when they create the right conditions for people to test new ways, new approaches, new tactics and try things out. This is the basis for them going beyond their boundaries. So if we go back to the example from the start with the sales managers, they were demotivated, they were uninspired, they were tired by yet another breakthrough idea. The global VP of sales was pushing, he was forcing them to move instead of creating a space to experiment and innovate. Everyone in the sales function didn't have enough energy to implement the changes, so instead the sales managers used all the old tricks in the book to pretend that they were implementing the VP's plan, when in fact nothing had really changed. So how do we create that space? Picture, if you would, a Greek temple like the Parthenon in Athens. The core architecture is an entablature sitting horizontally above multiple columns or pillars. So this entablature is a superstructure. That's your change initiative. It has the most ornate and most interesting architecture and designs. Under it, there are the pillars that support the change initiative. And like building a temple, the pillars have to be put in place first before the entablature is put on top. Change managers have to do the same. They have to put the pillars of support in place first. The challenge is not to get distracted too early by creating eye-catching attractive designs on the entablature before the pillars are in position. And there are five pillars that we can focus on to convince people to go beyond their boundaries. The first pillar is predictability. So knowing what is going to happen today, knowing what is going to happen tomorrow and communicating that to your staff. Maybe it's not possible to say what's going to happen in six months or a year, but at least giving some degree of predictability. The second pillar is comfort. Comfort in the sense of knowing how things get done around here, or having at least one person at work who is your friend, or feeling part of the team. The third pillar is security. That's basic job security and knowing your role. With those three columns in place, you can get onto the fourth pillar, 
So with predictability, comfort and security in place, you can get onto the fourth pillar of freedom to choose. That is the independence to decide how you do your job, you're not micromanaged and you have a certain degree of self-control. Note that doesn't mean you can do whatever you want. It means that you decide how you achieve the results, the targets that have been set for you. And the final pillar is support. So people have the sensation that their direct manager supports them and trusts them to do a good job. So with these five pillars, predictability, comfort, security, freedom to choose and support, you create the foundations on which you can put your change initiative. Knock down two or more of those pillars at the Greek temple and you have a very weak structure. Take out one of those psychological pillars and you automatically stop people from going beyond their boundaries. In short, experienced, wise executives know that when people are too exhausted to adapt, it's their job to help people focus on those pillars of support. By creating this psychological safe space, they actually double or triple the speed of change and break down the boundaries that had previously seemed so solid. And when those boundaries disappear, the motivation to move forward increases and there is no holding anybody back. I'm Stephen Hunt. Thank you for listening. Join me next time for more on how top global managers use confidence and the power of clarity to grow their business.